Hello, and welcome to the Conrad Life Report for Tuesday, July 27th, 2020. It is early in the morning here in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn, sitting by the window. It is um, sunny but hazy and hot but not as humid as as it has been the last few days. Um, Still kind of difficult to run, um, and there's the air quality, of course, has not been good because of these western wildfires as well as allergens in the air. And so it's um, been hard to run early in the morning. And in fact, last week when we had that very poor air quality all throughout the Midwest and the East and in Canada due to the um, Oregon and BC fires, um, I actually held off running in the morning and I waited till this thunderstorm happened in the afternoon, and then I ran at like six o'clock, and that was much better. The skies had cleared, but weird summer and weird weather. Um, but anyway, it's been exactly two weeks, I think, since the last episode. And um, overall, the big news, I think, everywhere is just sort of this Delta variant, which is rising up and infecting lots of people, even vaccinated people, these breakthrough cases. And because of that, I have decided, we have decided here in our little family to go back to being masked indoors all the time, which we were mostly anyway, because Oliver is unvaccinated and he has to be masked indoors. And we kind of just wear a mask indoors uh, in solidarity with him. But, but now that there's a clearly highly transmissible um, Delta variant going around. Um, We're doing it because we feel like we have to, um, because we could be asymptomatic carriers, and I do not want Oliver getting COVID. So um, back to being masked indoors, which sucks. Um, Actually, over the weekend, uh, I went to have a solo beer at Bar Great Harry, and for the first time since... I became fully vaccinated in early May. I wore a mask indoors. I went indoors and put on a mask to um, order my beer. And then to when I went in to use the bathroom, I put on a mask too. And I sat outside to have the beer. But um, yeah, kind of annoying that we're back to this now. And so in the neighborhood here in Carroll Gardens and Cobble Hill and you know Brooklyn Heights, that neighborhood, that area, of, this area of Brownstone, Brooklyn, South Brooklyn, um, I have noticed definitely a sharp rise in mask wearing um, behavior in the past few weeks, especially the past week or two. Um, I went to Trader Joe's last night, and I would say since that big CDC announcement day in May that most people inside Trader Joe's had been unmasked, um, I'd say there were still like 25%, like one in four were masked, including me all along, but um, um, last night, I would say two thirds at least were masked, if not more. Um, and which is a sharp change in a couple of weeks. And I've also noticed out on the street, more people are, are masked, like in the spring and winter in the old days, people are masked on the street. Um, I'm not, I'm like totally unmasked in the street and I let Oliver be unmasked in the street. But yes, some people are still wearing them in the street. And of course, sometimes it's like, They just don't want to take them off or they're in between buildings or, you know, sometimes when I walk Oliver to school and we put on our masks and we're walking for like a block masked outdoors for, you know, so, but anyway, 
high, high uptick in indoor mask wearing in this neighborhood and an uptick in outdoor mask wearing too, which is interesting. Um, you know, like uh, I've been looking like Jim Sirwicki on Twitter was pointing out that, yes, there's breakthrough cases, but you can see the effect of vaccines because um, unless you're unvaccinated, um, there there's very little hospitalization and no deaths really of um, in these breakthrough infections, which is good. Um, it's just that I don't want COVID at all because I'm concerned about long COVID. And again, I don't want Oliver getting it because I'm concerned about short COVID in an unvaccinated kid and long COVID. Um, and he has enough things to deal with. Um, so yeah, so like tonight I'm meeting up with my Garden of the Ark bandmates for the first time in a year and a half, and we're going to be outdoors at Craig's in Craig's backyard, but we're going to go indoors to listen to some demos, and I told them, I told my bandmates, I was like, hey, don't be offended, but I think I'm going to be masked indoors, even though, you know, it's just you guys, but it's kind of a, you know, I'm honoring the agreement with myself and our family of like, yeah, we're going to be masked indoors, so that even even if that means with two friends that we trust you know um so anyway that this all stinks um i guess i was mostly like still masked indoors but my great joy was being unmasked indoors in like bar great harry <laughs> or threes brewing which i did once um but i guess i won't be doing that anymore um but that's fine we have warm weather for many months and i guess the fall will be a whole different situation we find ourselves in whether that's better or worse we'll see um but anyway um other neighborhood news finally baby luke's opened which is the um pizza slice joint of famous lucali pizza place here in the neighborhood which is the cash only and people line up starting at four o'clock every day and it's like the best pizza in new york and anyway mark the famous lucali owner the pizza maker to the stars and, and neighborhood native. And he's the guy with the big, long 18 foot Cadillac, um, in the neighborhood. Um, he opened baby Luke's finally, it was like a week and a half ago. It was like a couple days, I guess like July 15th or so. And the first day there was a big line. Of course I should have gone earlier. They announced that afternoon on Instagram, they were opening at six and I went at like six ten, and there was a line around the block. And now I know the line wasn't even that long, but I had promised Oliver pizza and I didn't want to give wait an hour or whatever. So I just went to F and F, which is a fine enough backup, of course. But the next day I decided to go try and I went and waited. I got there about five minutes before opening and there was a line of about 15 people in front of me. And I ended up waiting like 30 minutes before I made my order. And then like I waited another 10 minutes for my pizza and it was fine. And um, I got a Negroni, which come in these cute little to-go glass bottles with a cork with a nice little Baby Luke sticker on it. And I had that while waiting. And the pizza is, my goodness, basically the best pizza I've ever had. It's like between that and F&F, is there better pizza anywhere in America? Like New Haven pizza, maybe, but um, I don't know. This is the same level. <laughs> it's, just, it's a different type. And Baby Luke's pizza is square, rectangular pie rectangular pies pies with square slices and i guess you would call it like sicilian style but it's thin so it's not like thick sicilian it's just like these incredible pies and um who amazing um my friend patrick who owns smith and vine was telling me yeah two days ago that he had been talking to mark and he had been able to try some like 
baby Luke style slices ahead of time a couple of weeks ago because he was late at Luke out having it hanging out at Luke Holly late and Mark gave him some test slices and he thinks that they changed they were working on diff, testing different types of flour um to get the right char or something but he thinks that's why they were delayed they were like tr- finalizing the flour which I guess would make sense but anyway baby Luke's um if you go <clears throat> My recommendation is to get there like, I don't know, 30 minutes before opening. Um, I can't imagine you have to get there any earlier, but there'll be a, probably a line. But the uh, good thing is like you're guaranteed like some of the first pies, you know, um, because they only have like three ovens, I think, or maybe four. But, you know, there's like that's like a capacity issue. Like they, there's only so many pizzas they can literally make. Um, so it isn't like the line the line moves but then it like doesn't move because they're waiting for pizzas to be made um but anyway baby luke's amazing um other big news is last week like a week and a, the week before this past weekend we went to princeton uh we went to meet julie's like close girlfriends and one of them has kids triplets <laughs> um who are three years old and i can't even imagine but anyway we went to Terhoon Orchards, which is outside of Princeton, which we'd been to once before, like six years ago, for pumpkin picking. Um, I don't love going to these little types of farms as much as other people, but it's fine enough, and Oliver has fun. But luckily, he and I are on the same page. Like, he likes it for a while, and then he's done. You know, he doesn't want to spend a ton of time there. But so we were there like maybe two hours, um, and picked some flowers. Um, bought some stuff and that was it that was fun and then we went into Princeton which I had sort of demanded as a condition of going not that I would have not gone if this condition wasn't met but we went into Princeton the town which is super cute and nice and um I went to the great Princeton record exchange which I had not been to in like six years and um I did something I hadn't done in a while. I just went and bought a bunch of CDs. I just picked up CDs I wanted to buy, and I carried them with me as I went around the store browsing, and it was awesome. I bought um, the old dead Dick's Picks 13, um, which I think was released in like 2000, 2002 or something, um, or four, and it's from an 81 show. I bought the new Jerry Garcia band archival release, 111591, um, which is from Madison Square Garden and it is actually the night before the show before my first and only Jerry Garcia band show which was the following night November 16th 1991 in um, Albany New York at the Knickerbocker Arena so I bought that CD um, and what else did I buy can live in Stuttgart 1975 finally got that on CD um, it's awesome and I bought Elvis Costello girls 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 for $2.99, which is a double CD and a double jewel case, um, like not a thin line one, but a double one, the classics from the 80s and 90s, um, because I've always wanted that release, even though I have all those songs, but it's just such a great, it's one of the great compilations. It's just, it's not in chronological order. It's in a random order by the artist, and it's just fantastic with a great mix of like album cuts as well as like obvious hits. Um, yeah, one of my little CD thing physical objects i love are double jewel cases i think i've mentioned before like the lamb lies down on broadway genesis i bought a beat up copy last year just because i wanted the jewel case when i was a kid the river by bruce springsteen was a famous double case i had <laughs> um so yeah i i love a good double jewel case um so yeah we went to princeton um 
What else? This past week, we went to Westerly, Rhode Island to visit our friends Jamie and Todd, who moved from Brooklyn back to Jamie's hometown of Westerly, Rhode Island. And we stayed at their nice house, and they have a pool, which Oliver loves. Uh, we went there last summer in the pa- in the height of the pandemic, if you recall. Um, and yeah, what did we do there? Well, we went there on Thursday night. So we left, you know, kind of like at 7 p.m. Um, after the rush hour traffic died down. Drove up 95, stopped at some rest stops, got some McDonald's for Oliver, um, hung out. Um, <laughs> I, I like road trips and Oliver likes hanging out at ro- rest stops, like in the outdoor seating areas. Uh, got to Westerly, like, geez, like 1030 or so. Went straight to bed. And then the next day, I went for a run into downtown Westerly, which is like one mile from our friend's house. <clears throat> it's a cute little downtown. It's right on the Connecticut border, the Pawkatuck River. Um, it's kind of like a shared downtown, these two states, twin cities. Um, and then, yeah, I went to a brand new coffee shop there called Stick and Finn, which is an L.A. surf style place that opened two weeks ago from a Westerly native who moved from L.A. back to Westerly. And my goodness, that was needed in Westerly because before that they only had this old place called Junkin' Java. Ugh, terrible name. Um, and it's a very 90s style coffee shop, like college town coffee shop where it's like just a bunch of board games and old furniture and, um, you know, kind of dusty and dirty and cluttered. And I don't like that aesthetic. Even That was like, if you were ever in any college town in the 90s, that's what every college <laughs> coffee shop was like. Um Anyway, this new place, Stick and Fin, was much better, and I, they have good vegetable juices too. So, did that. I worked uh, remotely on Friday, and then at the end of the day, like in the late afternoon, Julie and Oliver and Jamie and her uh, two-year-old Finn had gone, or not even two, one had gone to the Mystic Aquarium. So I was just kind of alone, and I went to Beard B E R apostrophe D brewery in stonington which i should have gone to the one in groton groton is the actual brewery stonington is like an outpost but um stonington's closer and yeah had a small beer there and it was indoors i thought they had outdoor seating so i had a beer indoors but i stood by myself near no one and i wore a mask except for pulling it down to drink so that was annoying um but necessary um but it was good but I bought two four packs and I kind of wish I'd saved some of my beer money, more of the beer money for Fox Farm, which I went to the next day, which has been one of my white whales of breweries. Um, it's in very rural Salem, Connecticut, in the kind of in eastern Connecticut, which is near nothing. Um, and it's just on this beautiful country road. It's a barn. And I was first introduced to Fox Farm by my friends that work at Other Half last summer. They introduced me to it. And it's like, if other half people rave about it, then you know it's good. And yeah, it's like very out of the way. They don't ship. You can't buy their cans anywhere except there. They have a limited tap distribution just in Connecticut and Rhode Island. And my goodness, the beer is so good, Fox Farm. So I went and had um, two taster beers there. This was on Saturday afternoon, right before they closed at like 530. And then I bought two four packs and worth of I bought eight cans of beer it's like eight a variety of beers and then like a saison in a bottle um but fox farm I cannot wait to go back highly highly recommended if you're ever in eastern Connecticut and you care about um cool breweries um what else did we do Saturday we went on a boat ride uh Jamie and Todd have a boat 
docked in the Westerly Yacht Club, and we went down the Pawcatuck River to the Watch Hill um, Yacht Club, which is the tip of Westerly, the tip southwestern tip of Rhode Island. Um, very beautiful, has these huge mansions. Famously, Taylor Swift lived in one of them up until like she sold it like last year or something. Um, and her mansion is the one that her song on folklore is about, like the last great American something. Um, the person that the people that used to live in that mansion that she bought and now has sold were that's what that song was about anyway so watch hill we laid down the anchor and had lunch and then we cruised back up the river and it was fantastic and then we went swimming in the pool and that was kind of it went to a great ice cream place out past weekapog um in charlestown called holy cow very good ice cream very long lines because they are slow but that's an okay um and that's it came back sunday morning and uh, that is it uh let's see yeah tonight have my um first hang with my garden of the ark bandmates in a while as previously noted and then there's also the going away party for my old friend nate lithgow who is moving to london um that party's at sunny's so i'm gonna probably head there as soon as work is done before my garden of the ark meeting I'm very sad that Nate is leaving, but it also seems like he will be back and forth a lot, I hope, so that is good. <clears throat> and it's um, kind of poetic, because I met Nate in London on February 28th, 2007, as he remembers the, he remembers the date. Um, Taka Taka was opening for his band My Brightest Diamond. He was playing bass in for many years. Um, it was the last day of their European tour, and it was the last show of our, like, four London shows or whatever that month, that week, and... Yeah, Nate and I hit it off, and then it turns out that, <laughs> um, like, a year later, Julie and I moved into our first apartment together in, in his building on Henry Street in Brooklyn Heights, which only had three apart- four apartments. So, anyway, we, and then, and then he and Gabe both lived at 163 Warren forever. Um, they were roommates, and then they weren't roommates, but they were all in the same building, and anyway. Nate is leaving, and that's very sad, but he, he will be back. Um. And that's really it. Just more heading into the dog days of summer, but um, yeah. And masking up again. Blah. Anyway, um, that is it for the Conrad Life Report. Not much else. Oh, I guess I should do audio quickly. Yeah. Um, in addition to the affirmation CDs I bought at Princeton Record Exchange, I listened to the Dark Side album Spiral, it's called. It's um, good, even more experimental sounding. <laughs> um, definitely like more album y and, and like kind of like low-key than that crazy live show i saw them do at threes two years ago where nels klein sat in and it was searing and awesome um listen to this thing by um called mayan uh, mayan space station by um william parker who is a brooklyn-based jazz instrumental guitarist and this is kind of like psych weird santana like (laughs) crazy crazy rock um and I listened to this WTF Mark Marin episode, which I've never listened to the show before, but it was an interview with James Murphy, and I realized now I guess I can listen to it free on Spotify. Um, anyway, um, my friend Alec Bemis recommended it to me. Um, it's just a very interesting interview with a guy who's kind of cranky and, um, my, and mildly annoying, and he knows it, and he just has an interesting take on indiness. Um, so that was good. good listen, the James Murphy what WTF interview. And books... I am reading Can't Slow Down by Michelangelo Matos, and I love it. It's about 1984, the year in pop, 
and I'm loving it so much that I'm like reading it slow and I keep renewing it at the library. Thankfully, no one else wants it right now, so I can keep renewing it. I will buy this book eventually because it's the kind of book I actually want on my shelf and I want to read again later, but Can't Slow Down by um, Michelangelo Matos. And that's it. We are at the 20-minute mark of this podcast and of this episode. And I guess that's good enough for now. I'm back on the two-week train, so hopefully this continues. Um, So hopefully see you in two weeks. Be careful of that Delta variant. and Be careful of the highly transmissible nature of it and stay safe. And um, have a good rest of July. And um, I will talk to you in August. Um, See you later.